0: is up happy new year and we have made it into 2023 you are listening to the area attack podcast your home of the unscripted unfiltered 100 authentic proud partners of the belly up sports media network and uh definitely check them out check all the wonderful podcast out on that network as well and don't forget you can check out manscaped.com use the uh use the code belly up Fantasy for 20% off your order. But first things first, hope you all had a wonderful holiday uh, season, Christmas and, of course, uh, New Year's as we head into 2023. Without further ado, enough about me. Let's get to our wonderful guest from the... uh, Oh, my phone. Hold on, guys. From the Joe Pat on the Bets podcast, his very own Joe Pat Joe, uh welcome to the Air Attack podcast. Glad to have you on and first things first, happy new year.
1: Ah, uh, you too, man. What a great introduction that was. Uh <laughs> hard to hard to top that. <laughs>
0: of course you know i i had it right here of course then my phone goes uh goes blank even though i should have just had twitter right there <laughs> on my on my laptop because i'm looking at it but you know it is what it is but first things first where can all the listeners uh kind of tell us a little about yourself and uh where can they uh listen to your awesome which i applaud you it's great stuff by the way um appreciate it. where can they listen to your podcast at
1: uh yeah, you can find us Joe Pat on the bits, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, except for YouTube. That's coming this coming football season. Uh gotta get Sweet. a camera and get all that set up. But uh yeah. We occasionally do some uh what are those called Twitter Twitter spaces and post those on Twitter.
0: Uh yeah. Those pretty get interesting.
1: Yeah, those those get kind of fun. You never know who's gonna pop in and say something. <laughs> uh yeah.
0: it,
1: you just never know. Uh, sometimes we'll uh, be in so close to the University of Tennessee. Like this past season, we popped up to uh, Gus's Good Times Deli and handed out stickers. Met with some people. Nice. It was a it was a good time. So, yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere you find podcasts except for YouTube.
0: Hey, and don't worry. I'm sure that they'll have great content when that time comes on YouTube. And uh, hey... I don't know about you, um, Joe, but uh, first things first. What about this wonderful weekend we had of uh, of college football? Uh, course, you know. The first semifinal, Michigan and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl followed up with, in my opinion, I don't know how you could top the first one, but we did, uh, followed up with uh, Ohio State and Georgia uh, going first to the first semifinal, TCU-Michigan. I'm not going to lie. I really thought Michigan was going to come out here. I didn't think TCU was that good. I like Max Duggan. And I like Sonny Dykes as head coach. But looking at the Big Twelve as a whole, and it really showed this year, well, for the exception of TCU, it really showed this year in the bowl in the bowl uh games, even and we'll kind of get to that, touch that up as well throughout the show, is the Big Twelve just wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't that great of a you know league this year. Texas inconsistent up and down, Oklahoma was a train wreck. Oklahoma State, in my opinion, seemed to be like OSU in the past. No knock on them as our little brother, but you know, OU wasn't great. So I'm not going to say that we we're God's best team either. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so you have Baylor, you know, defending Big 12 champs. They were, eh, you know, a little more disappointing. Kansas really did well, but I mean, I don't know. The league might have been fit, uh, poorly. Anyway, long story short, I was surprised TCU hung and obviously defeated Michigan. Uh, Michigan is going to be probably like Oklahoma. I don't know if they're going to win a playoff game if they ever get back to it. But uh, what's your thoughts on this first one? And I really thought, uh, Joe, that Michigan was going to come back, and because uh, somebody tweeted fifty-two, fifty-one, thinking, "Oh Lord, please don't do this." Now <laughs> they had their opportunity, but TCU came out slugging and and they ran away with it, headed to their first ever national title appearance.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with. Uh, TCU's ability to stop the run early out of the 3-3-5 defense—that that just shouldn't happen yep. with the uh, the run game Michigan has. But I was really impressed with Duggan's pocket composure. I mean, there's some plays where he's making—he's he's taking his time in the pocket, moving his feet, creating space in the pocket to deliver a throw downfield, and that was really impressive to me. Uh, that's going kind to of come in handy. We saw CJ Stroud doing that all night long, evading mm-hmm. pressure inside the pocket without taking off, maintaining the pocket, but just moving within it and creating time to throw downfield. So that's going kind to of create issues in the national championship game. But yep. for as far as the, uh, the TCU Michigan game, I'm right there with you. Uh, I looked at the score and it was 21 to three, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. if, uh, if it was Michigan twenty-one, I would have I would have not been surprised at all. But TCU twenty-one to three really, really just kind of took me took me back. I had to sit back and just I didn't know what was going on.
0: Well, I, I'm right there with you. And you know, and I'm not one of those guys or fans. And I don't know if it happens. Maybe it does happen at other conferences, you know. I'm not your typical Big 12 conference fan, like my dad would always say. You know, well, you got to root for the conference. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm happy for, I really don't have anything against TCU. I'm happy for them um, that they got this far. I just really didn't expect TCU to do what they did. And if you look at Max Duggan's numbers, they weren't, you know, passing-wise, they weren't really impressive. It's not like, you know, he just, like a Caleb Williams day-to-day, he just went off on numbers. Um, 14 of 29, 225, two touchdowns, two interceptions of the sack. <laughs> It wasn't obviously. Oh my God! He, you know, he just lit up the scoreboard. But like you said, he stayed in the pocket. He was patient with what he got and dealt with, and he did what he did on the ground. And hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's what matters is the W. And uh, it's interesting. Now you look at Sunny Dykes, you know, and kind of help tease along the way is we'll talk first year head coaches, Brent Venables and Sonny Dykes to name a, you know, at least two of them, at least, you know, who's going to have a better year next year. I don't know if, if Sonny Dykes, he can't get any worse than what he did this year or he better. I should say um, TCU really just, I don't want to say expose. I don't think that's the right word TCU. I think just overall top to bottom really showed out and showed that uh, this team, in my you know, they proved me wrong that this team can match up with the big boys.
1: Yeah, uh, they played extremely well against Michigan. It it benefited them to be up twenty one to three early. If, oh, absolutely. Uh, if it was twenty one seventeen and Michigan goes on some of those runs they went on, it's a different game. But I'm I'm really I really come away kind of impressed with what Michigan was able to do in this game. Uh, to your point earlier about not knowing if they'd be able to win a playoff game. Uh, they were they were taken out of their game plan very early in this game. And were able to recuperate, recover, and throw the ball to potentially win the game. And brought themselves all the way back. Now McCarthy, if he doesn't throw two pick sixes, it's another ball game too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, it, it gives you some false confidence in TCU. They earned it. But it's just a little bit of false confidence in the fact that McCarthy had two major mistakes, and they got completely out of their game plan early, and were able to just uh, match Michigan the rest of the way.
0: Well, and that was a great point that you brought up because that kind of you know was leading towards towards a wrap up of this one is you know if it wasn't for the pick sixes of, of TCUs that McCarthy threw you know literally to TCU, if TCU have those two pick sixes. Even if you look, you know, let's say play with play devil's advocate and say, well, one of the two got ran back, you got yourself a ball game, and I'm not for sure if Michigan don't come out on top and win this thing. Um, but McCarthy played well. Uh, I know that a lot of people took pictures, I guess there's one photo that was going around Twitter um him watching the celebration of TCU. And you know, some people I don't know why he liked <laughs> I really don't mind it. It's it's cool. I mean if if he wants to enjoy the moment, gives him more, you know, more of a uh, motivation for next year. Power to him. Now, whether or not Coach Harbaugh will be uh, the head coach next year, who knows? But um credit to TCU. I know that's a Big Twelve team, but credit because uh, I'm not going to lie, I, I I had Michigan winning, and I'm going to be honest, uh I had them winning quite uh, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, them winning by 21 would not have surprised me one bit, and. <laughs> That's exactly how I expected the game to go. And it did not go anywhere close to that way. But that's why they don't play the game on paper. But
0: <laughs> Yeah. You don't want me to control the game on paper because a lot of these teams <laughs> a lot of the teams are gonna be losing. Uh the second one I didn't think we could top the first one, uh, but we sure enough did. Uh the second one, um, was it also a classic as well? Ohio State, Georgia, you know, defending national champs, Ohio State, Coach Day. Can he, you know, they're coming off, I know, a few weeks wet rest coming off of the Michigan lost, And some people didn't think Ohio State should be in there. It should have been Alabama, whatever the case may be. Who cares? Um, I don't even know where to start at. CJ Stroud played well. Um. I really don't want to I – don't, I don't know where to go because this game was just too good. Uh, CJ, CJ Stroud played pretty well. Uh, I know he took some hits, but uh, 23 or 34, 348, uh, four touchdowns, and I believe four or five sacks. It was just. It was a dogfight. I mean, you can't really knock Ohio State. You can't really knock Georgia. Georgia came back down – what was it, 14, 15, late in the yeah, they
1: third came or back, fourth? Came back down 14 on two different yeah. occasions in this game. Including in the fourth to win the game,
0: just unreal. Yeah, I don't. It was just. It was a wonderful. Um, it was an awesome game. I I don't even know where to begin. Bennett played well. the The interesting <laughs> poor kicker. The interesting part <laughs> is really the kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: right there at the stroke of midnight. I mean, right on time with it
0: who was i think esp shared that, that literally i guess just 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 literally to show it was legit that once it clocked uh, once it clocked down to zero turn of the calendar of the turn of the year i should say of course that's when the uh missed field goal, um took place but i don't know what <laughs> i'm gonna pick your head on this one really because i'm still trying to grasp this whole game it's just it, it reminds me so much of Oklahoma-Georgia back in the Rose Bowl in, I think, 18 or 17.
1: Um, yeah, Georgia had to come back down big in that game,
0: too. Mm-hmm. Had only special Lincoln teams. <laughs> Man. Lost, um, a field goal and double over Tom. <laughs> only if Lincoln Riley didn't script that kick. Right yeah.
1: Half. If anyway. only he could teach people how to tackle Nick Chubb, but... <laughs> <laughs> or Sonny Michelle for that matter
0: You know Lincoln Riley and We'll talk about that here in a second Lincoln Riley His biggest thing is he has no Defense great offense but you gotta Have yeah. defense uh, if you're Ever gonna try to win anything but No uh, Georgia Obviously show why they're the national champions You know you gotta they fought Literally fought to the very end as you mentioned They were down 14 uh, Twice in the game came back Um Bennett played off his charts. Um, I'm looking at the running game was pretty balanced. I know it wasn't. You know, Macintosh. I think uh, ran for seventy plus yards. I know Bennett didn't run very well, but um, ran you a know, touchdown. Seed, he ran for the touchdown exactly, and uh, it was all around a great game. You know, Ohio State, we obviously we expect CJ Stroud to go declare. I'm sure that I'm sure Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. is another one who had a phenomenal game. Um, yeah. up until he uh got hurt. But uh your thoughts on this you know, final stuff <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I thought Ohio State was gonna lose bad, but um your thoughts on this one and uh we'll preview the national title game.
1: Uh well Ohio State's def- or offense is uh, electric and terrifying when they're hot. And they mm-hmm. were hot the whole game. And they haven't been hot for an entire game all season. All season, they've burned through hot streaks, followed by insanely cold streaks, followed by a hot streak to win a game. And they just stayed hot the whole game in this game. They ran into a couple punts, but I think they punted four times the whole game. That's going against a top defense, that's pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, Marvin Harrison, when you have Marvin Harrison, Julian Fleming, Emeka, Buka, their tight end whose name is slipping my mind, Uh when you have that many guys on the field, you're going to get yours. It doesn't matter who the defense has against you. You're just going to get yours. And... Credit to uh, Georgia for getting stops when they needed to. Credit to Ohio State for driving down to uh, getting rip field goal range. But oh. a couple more yards might have fared them better because uh, Ruggles has not made one from 50 his entire career.
0: So Maybe next year he can nail a 50 yarder. That was. <laughs> Maybe. That, I, that, that was really. Yeah, that was not saying that, you know, no, not knocking him a lot yeah. of pressure obviously riding on that one um i've heard yeah.
1: a lot of georgia got lucky that uh, he missed the field goal and really when you look at the numbers the lucky thing would have been him making it from 50 but <laughs> that's just by the numbers
0: can't make it from 50 uh, it goes far <laughs> left and uh, not even yeah. close yeah um oof we <laughs> yeah I'm poor kid I hope he's okay uh but uh TCU Georgia uh I can guarantee you nobody would have predicted uh this for, as, as our national championship game uh TCU coming out of the big 12 of course Georgia defending national champions out of the SEC your thoughts on this one um I want to pick your brain on this one especially when it comes to bets um I know I'm kind of, according to DraftKings is where we're at right now, it's opened at 13. Uh, TCU's plus 13. Obviously, Georgia's minus 13, favored by 13. Uh, over under 62 and a half. The money line is opened at plus 400 um, uh, for TCU, and, of course, opened at uh, minus 500 for Georgia. When it comes to a betting line on this one, what stats do you look at and... Where should if anybody that's, you know, listening out there prior to the national title game, what should they consider when it comes to a betting game, especially to this atmosphere where on paper, Georgia should steamroll TCU, but you never know um, what? Anyway, long story short, what should we look at when it comes to when on this national title game against a really good Georgia team and against a Cinderella TCU team?
1: Yeah, you, you never do know, but the uh, the line being that fat has to do with the fact that if you just take the last two games in perspective that we saw on Saturday night, you would think that this line probably should be at around five or six within a score because TCU played way better than everybody thought they should against Michigan, right? and Georgia was taken to the brink against Ohio State. Well, all Vegas is doing is just taking a regression back to the median, going back to where everything should be and not where everything was. So on paper, which is what Vegas is looking at, Georgia is the superior roster. They're way more efficient defensively and offensively. Points per drive wise, Georgia doubles them. I mean, it's on paper, it's not a game, but the games aren't played on paper. Uh, I don't know that TCU has a chance to stop anything that Georgia does. Now, if they can, uh. If they can create the offense they created against Michigan's defense, then we got a ball game. And mm-hmm. that over is uh even at sixty two and a half or whatever whatever it was you said, I believe it was sixty two, sixty two mm-hmm. and a half. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna get shot out of the water real quick if we look up in the first quarter and it's fourteen fourteen. And then also that thirteen and a half is gonna get shot too. Uh or thirteen. I think Caesars has it at thirteen and a half. Personally I probably would take TCU to cover just because I know how Kirby Smart likes to call these games.
0: Right.
1: Uh, especially if he feels he's the superior team, superior roster. I mean, just look at what he did against Tennessee. They built up a 20-point uh, lead and said, this is good enough, and mm-hmm. just ran the ball until the game was over. Uh, And especially if is going to stick in a 3-3-5 with the tight ends that Georgia has, especially if Darnell can come back. They said it's not a hip sprain. I mean, Darnell Washington is a left tackle playing tight end with speed. I okay. mean, it's, it's just insane. Uh, you get him in a screen game, any kind of extension of the run game, sweeps, anything. He's just a menace to society. Uh, and Brock Bowers is a great blocker himself, as well as some of these receivers. Uh, not as good as George Pickens was, but uh, the, uh, George is just a juggernaut on offense and defense. They're it's something that is not going to stop because 55 of these players on this team are sophomores or younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little scary. Uh, we got Nick Saban 2.0 brewing just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And if he three-peats, then you really got to start talking, especially with the wide receiver commits they got in the transfer portal. But Max Duggan can make this a game. By himself. Him and Quentin Johnston can make this a game by themselves. There's not one singular person on this Georgia defense that can cover Quentin Johnston for four quarters consistently. He's he's just that good. And if Duggan can evade pressure, move around in the pocket, create plays, then this will be a ball game.
0: Well, I think you're and I think that's gonna be the key for TCU. I think Max Duggan's gonna have to um, I think Max Duggs going to have to just, if he can stay in the pocket and get, you know, if his if O-line can help with the pressure, give him some time, like uh, against Michigan, I think Max can do well. Georgia, if they start out and they're quick on the, you know, they're quick on the line, don't get me wrong. If Georgia gets to him, gets to him early, ugh, I'm afraid maybe... I don't want to put in perspective that this could be a Alabama uh, level. Alabama-Cincinnati from last year. I don't want to put it in that realm. But TCU, I would, <laughs> I get a sense. I get... And I should, One thing I should point up is Chandler Moore's. you know, if he didn't get hurt, who knows what this TCU team would have done. But reminds me so much of Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe goes out, here comes Tom Brady, and the rest, of, of course, is history. But, um... If Max Duggan gets, if he can stay in the pocket, do what he did against Michigan, I think TC's fine. My concern would be if they get to him quick and often, how well is he going to adjust and can he get the ball out in time to get, you know, to get them down the field? I'm actually looking forward to this one just simply because you know, we all expected Georgia to be there. They won the you know, national title for the first time since what was 1980. Last year, I expect them, you know, we all expect them to be back this year. TCU is just a wonderful story. You know, first year head coach Sonny Dykes uh, took over what one was a very good Gary Patterson team for a long time, uh, even though I think Patterson overstayed to stay. But um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but anyway, uh, no, I'm actually looking forward to this one. Um, Quentin Johnson's a good player, but George is loaded. They are. I just man, but TCU surprised me. I'm obviously, you know. They did well in the big 12 coming up short against Kansas State though, but Kansas State was, you know, Kansas is a good State team. was on a
1: revenge tour after they lost that game. Yeah, they I were. mean, after they lost that game, every game they played after that, they were on a different level. Yep. And they were on a mission. Uh Their backup quarterback, was it Will Howard? Mm-hmm. No, was Will Howard the starter? Or did, he, did he come
0: in uh as the backup? He came in as a backup.
1: Okay, yeah. He wasn't yep. quite ready yet for that first time around. <laughs> But uh, after that, he did nothing but light the world on fire. So, uh, I was excited to watch Kansas State. I-, I was hoping they'd fare a little bit better against Alabama, but you get Bryce Young and Will Anderson back. That doesn't just help you on the field; that helps you with every other player on the field, seeing their leaders. Uh, it was it, w- it was going to be tough for Kansas State to pull that off.
0: Yeah, I didn't think they would win, and even though they were up, what was it, 10 nothing, I'm like, well, you know, I knew Bama didn't have many opt-outs, and most of them played the entire game. I'm like, well, maybe Kansas State was actually legit, but Bama did Bama things.
1: <laughs> yeah, last time Bama played in a bowl, a regular bowl game, I'm pretty sure they got boat raced by Oklahoma.
0: But yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, That would... That maybe, was maybe they third, played
1: Michigan in their 10. last bowl game. I don't know. Why not? The... You can't remember bowl games for a team. It's not like they happen every year. <laughs> <laughs> tells you something when they ain't been in one that long.
0: Uh, speaking of bowl games, um I tried to watch as many as possible. I tried. I, I failed. Is bowl games a really good thing for the game? Um Simply because, of course, you know, who you know, if you're like Central Michigan going to Bahamas, who wouldn't? Because, I mean, zero-degree yeah. weather compared to 70s, I would. Um, but when you top and bottom, you know, you get a lot of opt-outs, and a lot of players don't play because they're, they're probably going to declare, but they don't want to risk injury and so on and so forth. Is there too many – I think it was, what, 42 now, 43 bowl games as it is. Is there too many bowl games, and that's why a lot of people get a different feel – or what's your take on it? My take, I just think, is a lot of bowl games, in my opinion. However,
1: it is, it is a lot of bowl games.
0: <sighs> I don't want to say just totally stop them, but
1: I mean, I I have some ideas now. One, the the first idea that doesn't change anything hardly is, uh, if you put some, uh, you put a dollar, just one dollar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on any game, you immediately care about it. Uh, even True if it's that. just a dollar you put a dollar on something crazy to happen, and by the third quarter, everything but one thing's happened, you're on the edge of your seat for Central Illinois versus Arkansas State Pine Bluff. And you didn't know it was even possible. Uh, But in all seriousness, to to make bowl games better, you could change the minimum threshold to six wins, or from six wins, take it up to eight or Mm -hmm. nine. Then we're only getting... B-tier teams anyways, minimum. We're not getting any Northern Illinois or somebody who just barely skated to six wins in their conference and get to go play Arkansas and get beat by 50. Now, granted, Arkansas kind of struggled with Kansas in the second half, but <laughs> that's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if they raise the minimum threshold on wins to get into a bowl game... I think it could do things, but I, I think for all the players who aren't, you know, already tuned out, transferring, going to the NFL for everybody else, it's, I mean, they're obviously there to play. Uh, most of them, if they've got the right heart and attitude towards the game, want to be there. It's another game. They've got pride. They want to win. Uh, if their coach is halfway worth his weight and salt, then mm-hmm. they're going to strap it up and play for the logo on their uniform anyways. Uh, but I like bowl games. You get to see some matchups that you uh, wouldn't normally see until the future when we have just true conferenceless football because that's where we're headed. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, if we're headed to a world where Toledo and Georgia aren't even playing in the same sport, but...
0: Glad you brought that up. I know you mentioned Knoxville. Are you a uh, Vols fan?
1: I'm. I'm glad to say that I am not. <laughs> you can keep the Valtards away from me.
0: <laughs>
1: my co-host it, is, a, is a Tennessee fan and a recent Kansas State fan. Uh, just because they have chocolate milk in the pr- chocolate milk in the press conference, but <laughs> that tells you what my co-host is.
0: But. I love that. <laughs> the reason why I asked that, so if you don't mind me asking, who is your team if you have one?
1: Well, I am a Georgia fan. Very nice. I try to, I try to keep that on the D.O. because then nobody believes a word I say about Georgia. But... <laughs> I I do try to be unbiased and speak to nothing but truth. I mean, I'm the first one to tell you that Keely Ringo is not a corner. Uh, He's got no business playing corner. He's a safety playing corner. But I'm the first one that's going to point out all their faults. I can promise you Mm -hmm.
0: that. Well, and I think, you know, I respect that because – No, like for me, for example, I'm an OU fan. I got an OU helmet right next to me. I mean... I'm sorry. And so...
1: <laughs> that was for the bowl game, the playoffs. That's That was not because you're an Oklahoma fan.
0: <laughs> and so, like, you know, shout out to Coach I and the Fanatic Sports uh, podcast. So he did a preview show, and we met via Twitter like everybody else does nowadays. And so, <clears throat> long story short... He's like, dude, you know, we did a preview show. And I had, I think, Oklahoma 8-4, and 7-5, somewhere in that realm. I think it was 8-4, and 4, somewhere in that realm. And he said, dude, that was like the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, listening thing because you really piss off a lot of OU fans. Well, I mean, I don't know what you guys thought. I called it out that I knew we were overrated to begin with. You know, and no offense, Nebraska, they just suck. That's why we did what we did and didn't win a game for almost two months after that. So, um you know I, I respect I think true fans that keep it real. I think you got to, you know and nothing wrong with yeah, we're gonna win, even though deep inside you're not you know you're not going to.
1: That was my co-host all week leading up to the Georgia Tennessee game. <laughs> I, he was unbearable, unbearable, as you know, Tennessee fans are oh yeah, Oklahoma's had their fair share of run-ins with Tennessee in the recent years.-,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're relentless on Twitter, I mean relentless.
0: Yeah, oh you oh you fans, I'm sorry for a lot of the listeners out there that have to deal with them on a daily basis because we're really not like that. We just have some morons out there that just for the life can't, of me they can't just can't see what's can't. in front of
1: their face. Exactly <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I, I know the feeling.
0: Yeah, with the very first day they announced Oh he's going and I'll get your thought on this one in a second. The very the first day, oh he's going yes, oh we're gonna win. Uh, okay, well, first off, at the time of Lincoln Riley, so with what defense are we going to win? I mean, can somebody explain that one to me first? I mean, we can't – you know, last year we, we should have lost to Tulane. We should have lost to Kansas. We should have lost to Nebraska. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on.
1: Well, let's be real here. What kind of defense has Alabama had since Kirby left Alabama mm-hmm. for
0: Georgia
1: outside of the two years immediately following Kirby leaving?
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: They've got really good dudes. they got all kinds of Jimmys and Joes, but the X's and O's ain't cutting it. Nope.
0: Uh, they,
1: I, I don't know. It's, it's not a
0: talent problem. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely not. No. Uh, they get no, the th- cream of the crop. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, Pete Golding, I, I really like him. Um, I don't know. I think Nick needs to kind of reevaluate that one. Especially on the defensive side, and and figure out, you know, if it's not him, I mean, he's a D coordinator, so, you know, that, a lot falls on him, but he's got to figure that out because that defense is, uh, hasn't been, you know, tough, tough since, uh, like, like you mentioned, Kirby's been there. So, but, uh, sec of course keep it sec real quick i know it wasn't on the list but i'll kind of pick your brain from a non-biased standpoint i'm excited i mean obviously right now this six and what we now are officially a six and seven team uh first losing record since our first losing record to end the year first losing season that's what i'm looking for first losing season since 1998 uh for OU finishing six and seven that was so ridiculous anyway uh, Oklahoma has a lot to work on before they even remotely consider uh, even though uh, thinking the SEC we for sure know one more year of the Big 12 we don't know about 24 what's your thoughts on Oklahoma and, and unfortunately our brothers down in Austin um, joining the SEC and hopefully being the last two that joined because these massive massive conferences are just getting outrageous
1: well you say hopefully but I, I personally kind of want to add Clemson and Te- and uh, Miami, but that's just
0: me. Uh, see, I thought they should have added Clemson and not Missouri when this whole thing yeah. was going about.
1: Clemson wasn't leaving the ACC then, though. They had mm-hmm. just locked in that ACC media rights deal. Uh, but see, Texas, Sark's got the benefit of being there a year before Venables. Uh, or is it two years? I don't, I'm pretty sure it's just one year before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're but, right. Yeah.
1: He's got the benefit of being there a year early, knowing the news a year early. Hey, we're going to the SEC. So he's already been able to overhaul his team and begin the transition process. Venables is just now starting that, because Lincoln Riley sure as shit didn't do anything to (laughs) help that process when he left. He he grabbed all the Cadillacs and the Mercedes, and he hightailed it to uh, Southern California. Yep. And left Oklahoma kind of, I mean, really with a B or C tier roster left over. Just the fact that they were able to win six games this year is really, really says something. Um, you wanted the defense to look better just because it's Venables, but that that kind of thing one is not going to happen in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just not the way offenses are run there. It you're not going to have. Great defense in the Big Twelve, but what you what you want to see and what you are seeing is in the recruiting world and the transfer world. He's bringing in big guys on the line of scrimmages, and he's getting. Now granted, he lost a wide receiver to Georgia. That
0: I'm sorry again, but I kind of expected that one. I didn't think you know. I know we had a lot that flopped. He was one that I think even when he committed, a lot of people were still saying kind of. Kind of keep an eye on that one, but that was a tough one to lose, though.
1: Yeah, uh, but the line of scrimmage is where they really need to bulk mm-hmm. up, buff up, get get better, because Venables knows what it takes to win in the SEC. He's never been in the SEC, but he had, what, four or five clashes oh, in a row with Alabama? With Alabama. Yep. Uh, and Clemson might as well have been an SEC team when they were running through that, that time. I oh, absolutely. There, was still, there was still a couple of years they just looked piss pitiful in the regular season sometimes but Georgia's looked pretty pitiful in the regular season at times too uh, <laughs> I, Stetson's been just kind of bored I think this year if it's not a big game uh, but either way back to Oklahoma I do think once Oklahoma gets to the SEC the transition period will seemingly look a lot better uh, He might struggle again next year in the Big 12, probably make a bowl game, should make a bowl game. Uh, But by the time they get to the SEC, I think they'll be ready along the line of scrimmage to be able to rotate guys on defense to keep them fresh and be big and physical and be able to control the line of scrimmage.
0: I think, well, first off, Maybe you know, because I'm. You might have some a lot of inside scoop. What well, we keep here here in Norman, well, I'm not really in Norman. I'm 30 minutes north, which is whatever. Anyway, same metro area. Um, what we hear down here, of course, is uh, OU and Georgia. They didn't want to play because of the transition. This, that, and something else. Now, Georgia was, in fact, scheduled to be here the second week of September this upcoming season. Of course, you know suppose, I guess it was a mutual agreement. I don't know.
1: It was. It was a home-and-home home agreement. Uh, the reason it was canceled being uh, Georgia would have went to Oklahoma, and then by the time Oklahoma would come to Georgia, it would be a conference game and no longer an out-of-conference oh. game. So the home-and-home home agreement where there's money exchanged and all kinds of stuff, right. uh, it just got mixed. I personally would have loved to see them play it anyways. I would have made the trip myself to Norman to watch that game. Uh
0: Oh, but, I would have been there for that one.
1: Yeah, it would, it would have been a good time. But, oh, well, we'll see him in conference play sooner rather than later.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, <clears throat> we still got at least one more year left for the Big 12, but um, I did get a question from a good buddy of mine. Um, L the uh, Where is it at here? I don't like you Twitter today. Uh, from the LJ show, a good buddy of mine, Lawrence Johnson, uh, he is saying that uh, his question is: Sonny Dykes, the head coach of the uh, TCU Horned Frogs, is a better coach than Brent Venables because. Is his question? Because is his question? So pretty much, he wants. So he wants us to, uh, I guess, answer that Sonny Dykes is a better coach than Brent Venables because... So he he wants us to
1: assume that we agree with him and then tell them why we agree with him. I got you. Okay. Correct. Just for the record, I'm not sure that I'm ready to agree with him. Uh, Venables has got one year as a head coach. As far as the defensive mind, we know what he is. Uh, But for as as far as the question goes, uh, Sonny Dykes took over a TCU program that was already running pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to say he didn't get the most out of it would be blasphemy. Uh, Got the absolute most out of that squad. Switching over from the fact that I can't tell you his name should tell you something to Max Duggan at the beginning of the season was the right move.
0: Oh, Chandler Morris.
1: Yeah. Uh, Definitely the right move. Max Duggan's been lighting it up all season. Uh, Installed a great plan, and they executed it. All year long. I mean, there's not much else to be said. He came out first year and won his conference. Well, I guess he didn't win his conference. Won his conference in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Went undefeated in the regular season. Went to the playoffs. Won the first game of the playoffs going to the national championship. Uh, No other first-year head coach can say that.
0: And they did before, uh, and TCU did it before Texas could. So, you know, no, nah, that's that's a little joke between Big Twelve teams right now. <laughs> uh,
1: but but everybody's anyway. done a lot of things before Texas could. Yeah. <laughs> Except um, pay their offensive lineman a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's beside the point.
0: I still I still think Arch Manning decommits, but that's just me.
1: Um, I wish.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. He makes do the maybe for a year. I don't see him lasting. Hope you um, don't go
1: to Ole Miss. Georgia's got them on the schedule oh. this year.
0: No, I think he'll go somewhere where it's not, he don't get no Eli or Peyton. I think, I really thought he was going to go to Georgia, but. That's where I thought I he was know.
1: going to. It looked like a heavy for a while.
0: LJ, Sonny Dykes is a better coach than. Than Brentville because you know, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say, I, I'm just gonna be honest, it's that's a tough one to really answer. Brent has got <laughs> he got a Shafted. C roster, if not a D roster. Um, he had no quarterback. Dylan Gabriel showed as to why he was at Central Florida and not at a power five conference team. Uh, I do think Oklahoma
1: g- fared okay with Gabriel. Uh, he did decent. without Gabriel, they were in some deep guano, but- yeah. With Gabriel, they released a competitive, functioning football team.
0: Dylan saved the season. We'll just put it that way. Because uh, the backup, who would have been the booty? Been General. Well, <laughs> we could have had General That's Booty. That's an all time
1: name right there.
0: I like that name. I thought somebody was actually playing around. I know we're getting kind of just off topic, but I know. I thought somebody's like, yeah, Booty. I'm like, what? And literally, it's like, General Booty. I'm like, Cool, I hope he starts someday.
1: over um, there in big 12 country area there's a guy for North Texas named yep. Mobility. He's a freshman
0: hmm
1: M-O-H Bility. that's his name.
0: I have to keep him, I have to keep an eye on him then
1: I mean, anybody with the name mobility's got to be pretty good at something.:
0: You got to have speed
1: you got to do he's, something
0: he's got. <laughs> He's got to, he's got to have speed, or something. Um, I like that general booty, twenty twenty. Uh, that Jackson Arnold kid, though, he can play. Um, general booty twenty twenty three season quarterback. Um, no LJ, real quick. Sunny <laughs> Dykes had a better roster. Um, whether or not he can keep this consistently, he hey, he wins the national championship. You want to talk about pressure? He's got to contain it at this point. Brennan Venables understands what the culture was at OU, and he understands that he, he got really the raw end of the deal in this roster. So it's going to take him a little bit longer to probably build, and unfortunately, he's about to walk into the SEC, so the rebuilding process might be a little bit longer. I don't know. Hopefully not, but who knows. Um, To say Sonny Dykes is a better coach than Brents, that's a tough one. Cause it I mean, think I... I really think this is a one-hit wonder for TCU. That's my personal opinion.
1: Sonny Dykes walked in the door at TCU preparing and planning full-heartedly for the Big 12. And Brent Venables walked in the door one foot in the Big 12 and one foot in the SEC. Uh, And with a terrible roster.
0: Well, and Uh, exactly. And he still had a roster that a lot of people were still on the fence whether they were going to stay or not. The quarterback at the time was on the fence. They then fired Mike, or Mike Gundy, Cal, Hey, Mike Gundy, Cal Gundy as OC. Um, that obviously really didn't sit well with a lot of people, but whatever. Um,
1: and Sonny Dykes took over at Cadillac at mm-hmm. TCU. Gary Patterson, all his faults aside, had that program humming. They may not have been a good team, but they were a good program. Uh, it, it was just built to explode with the right guy at the helm. I mean, you take Sonny Dykes and put him at Oklahoma, take Brent Venables and put him at TCU, and TCU probably wins the national championship because their defense can do something outside of the 3-3-5. Yep. Uh, outside of that, yeah, I mean, Sonny Dykes had a better year.
0: LJ, let's talk next year at this time, and then I'll give you a better answer. If OU goes 6-7 and seven next year, then we'll definitely, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely talk on that. Uh, for now, let's just both... Let's wait for year two, then we'll talk. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, as of today, during this recording, I know the show will be released on Thursday, but the recording, as of today, uh, Tulane upsets the world and beats Southern California. Don't ask me how that happens. Uh, forty six, forty five. Uh Lincoln Riley is uh, what now, of course, you can't. You can't go off of what any OU fan says because obviously it's more personal than it is. It is the <laughs> fact that they lost at Tulane, so eliminate us from the picture, Joe. Eliminate us. Um, is Lincoln Riley a fraud when it comes to college football head coaches? I want to ask you from your standpoint because I'm just going to say one thing. I still I like him. I don't. I mean, what he did at OU was wrong. I don't condone that, but it is what it is. His big issue, I think I mentioned it earlier, is his defense. He's got to get rid of Alex Grinch. Um, that, that's his kryptonite. But anyway. Well, um, I think
1: the fact, the fact that you mentioned that right there uh, halfway answers your own question. Uh, mm-hmm. every, every head coach so far that has been a dynasty builder head coach outside of Sabo, because he just kind of had everything fall into his lap. Right. Um, I mean, Nick Saban, defense, 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 got to get an explosive offense. Lane Kiffin, bam, Alabama explodes for seven more years. Kirby Smart, defense, 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 got to get an offense. Bam, hired Todd Munkin, offense explodes. Uh, I had one more example. Oh, Ryan Day, all kinds of offense, Mm got to get defense. Hire Jim Knowles. Defense came to play this year outside of one game. Uh, Lincoln Riley, he's just gotta, he's just gotta find the right guy. That's it. I mean, if Josh Heupel ever finds the right guy, the whole world's in trouble. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad Kirby's a head coach and not a defensive coordinator. Because if he was still available <laughs> as a defensive coordinator, Josh Heupel would might be unstoppable at Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. But. As far as Lincoln Riley goes, I think he's no better, no worse than Ryan Day, Dabo. I mean, Dabo's got his own problems right now. Uh, I think he will eventually get one, especially going to the Big Ten. The defense is going to have to get better. And just by sheer happenstance, it's going to. He'll find a defensive coordinator. Uh as far as today goes, though, their defense has been poor this year. They've just benefited from a lot of turnovers forced yep. on defense. And if they don't get those, then they're in trouble. I mean, look at Utah. Utah smacked them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw Caleb Williams' injury out there all you want to. Caleb Williams don't play defense. Uh, and they got thrashed. If Now, also... This is Lincoln Riley's first year. Bunch of transfers, no recruiting class, essentially. So, who know? who's to say their defense won't be better this year? Exactly. We don't know. Uh, for what he did this year, I, hats off. I mean, I doubted them all season long, and they got there, and I doubted them, and they lost. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had no faith in them all season just because of their defense. <laughs> Caleb Williams tried to prove me wrong as much as he could, but – I don't think he should have got the Heisman.
0: No,
1: Max Duggan should have won the Heisman, even though yep. they lost in their bowl, in their conference championship game. But that's beside the point. Will Anderson should have won it last year. So,
0: mm-hmm. no. Uh, look, if if Lincoln Riley comes in, and I don't know what the schedule looks like for ne- for next year, and it's not my importance at the moment, but let's just say, you know. I'm sure the Pac-12 Dion will be make, you know, Dion's going to be interesting at Colorado. But, um, you know, I, I think Lincoln, if he can, if he can get a defensive coordinator, I think he's perfectly fine. His offense, we all know he's going to score points. We all know it's going to be prolific. We all know it's going to be, oh, that's the most weirdest, coolest play on God's going earth because Lincoln I created it. We, we get it. We, we, get it. We, we get it. If he can get a defense, I think USC is probably the same shoe as, as Tennessee and is we could have we could see these two teams be the next Alabama Clemson's Georgias and and so on and so forth year in and year out. But if he don't get a defense coordinator and he found that at Oklahoma when he lost to Clemson, when he lost to LSU, when he lost to Alabama, when he lost to Georgia in the college football playoffs, yeah, you ain't gonna you're not gonna fare too well. So um, you know, again it goes back to Brent Vidals and Sonny Dykes give him your 2 give him your 3 and who knows maybe a Dallas Cowboys will pick him up and nobody has to worry about whether or <laughs> not uh whether or not he has defense cuz we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys I don't know but uh, you know I'm not in the Cowboys if USC fan.
1: gets a defense I think they are, they'll be more tuned to be unstoppable than Tennessee I think Tennessee's offensive scheme is a little easier to stop than what uh well, I just forgot his name. Now Lincoln is able to mm-hmm. produce. Hyples is a little more simplistic. If you're uh, if you know how to stop it, you can stop it pretty effectively. And if they're not hitting shot plays, then they're toast. Uh, oh,
0: absolutely.
1: As far as USC and Lincoln Riley goes, I mean, you watched them many years at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There's multiple ways to skin a pig in Lincoln Riley's offense, and uh, it, it's it's hard to stop it's it's Mike leach 2.0 but yep. but a much much more highly effective version
0: <laughs> and uh, Mike and Lincoln's not gonna be putting it on uh, oh, he won't be going for him fourth down like Mike leach always did no um, rest in peace that legend um, Penn State just, just broke in Penn State has won the Rose Bowl 35 21 over Utah, so there you go, Big Ten. Cap off your, at least your weekend with a a Rose Bowl after you lose both of your semifinals. But um,
1: That's okay. They beat a Pac-12 champ that lost to Florida, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Who had no business losing to Florida, but that's besides the
0: point. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of... uh, um, Florida looking at first year head coaches, Billy Napier down in Florida. You got, uh, uh, Brent at OU, Tony Dykes at TCU. You know, you really can't at this point have much more success unless they lose and win a national title next year. That's really about where they're at at this point. And I'm sure I'm missing quite a bit more coaches throughout the, throughout the ranks. And, um, Is there any first-year head coach this year that you can think of that you think might have a better second year? Who is some of the coaches, in your opinion, will have a better second year um, than their first?
1: Well, I can tell you some coaches who, well, there's one coach that will definitely have a better second year, and that's uh, Mario Cristobal down at Miami.
0: Oh, yes.
1: They had a a barnstorm go off on them this year when their offense kind of just fell apart. Uh, the receivers lacked experience, were just weak in general. I mean, they had A&M on the ropes and did everything they could to lose that game, and still had A&M on the ropes. Which, granted, a and a bad football team,
0: but mm-hmm.
1: twenty-six million dollar bad football team.
0: But well, that's what twenty-six million bucks in the uh, pe- in players' uh, revenue, plus <laughs> God knows what Jimbo's getting paid under the table yeah. and then some. You know, that's yeah, yeah five stars too
1: charlie strong let's go Mm -hmm. but yep oh what was i even talking about now that i got off okay mario cristobal (laughs) yeah recruiting wise mario's an assassin they're gonna get right they're gonna get the right dudes in there i i don't know if this has changed this is as of like two weeks ago uh when i looked miami had 16 out of 24 players in the recruiting class from the state of florida and that right there alone will change college football. These, uh, Florida kids staying at home and not going to Alabama, Ohio mm-hmm. state, Georgia, uh, Florida and Florida state and Miami, all at least 50% of the recruiting classes come from the state of Miami this year or not the state of Miami. Miami's not a state the state of Florida. Uh, <laughs> I
0: knew what you meant,
1: but I think Mario Cristobal will do a lot better than he did last year. Uh, a head coach to watch out for, second year, uh, Dan Lanning at
0: Oregon. Yep. That uh, was my guy right there. He's,
1: he, they exploded on signing day, early signing day. He uh, gets some more on the regular signing day. He's a great defensive mind, learned under one of the best for a couple of years. He's got a national championship under his belt on def- as a defensive coordinator. A great recruiter, as we can Mm -hmm. see, Uh, he got DJ Uyunglele's little brother, The great defensive end coming out of high school, and got DJ on the roster with Bo Nix coming back. That's something to watch for. Uh, They're great. They're getting some great talent coming in from recruiting rankings this year. Maybe they get a couple from the transfer portal to help them out instantly. Who knows? Oregon could be pushing for a Pac-12 title this year if they don't have to play. You know the national championship team week one and get scold dragged, then uh <laughs> they might be okay.
0: <laughs> you know I, I, I like Brent and um I really thought you know, Dan Lanning. I thought really was the guy we should have went with. Give something fresh. I know I knew understood why OU went Brent because he understands OU culture. He gives blah blah blah. blah. But man, I really I'm just gonna say it. I said it sometime last year when <clears throat> when Brent uh got hired on, but I'm gonna tell you, I think Dan Landing was uh was a missed hire, but no, I think he'll I think he'll do perfectly fine at work and he can recruit. I know he lost the one kid that decommitted, I swear to god, he decommitted from Notre Dame. Then a few days later, he committed, and he committed, Then he committed to yeah. Oregon, then he decommitted to Oregon, then he committed to Oklahoma, and a lot of people thought he was going to decommit, but I guess he stuck it out. But um, anyway, uh, as we wrap <laughs> – whatever. Um, Dan Lang, though, I think is going to be a stud in the Pac-12, and who knows, maybe one year Oregon will move – to another conference or something i don't know
1: i can tell you that well i don't think we're going to leave conferences i think that nike tie is going to keep them in the pac-12 they're uh head of nike is big in pac-12 pockets so i don't think oregon's going anywhere but i do as far as the uh, missed hire with dan lanning and brent venables out dan lanning himself uh Jumped right into a Cadillac at Oregon. Cristobal had that thing oh, running like a, like a machine. So, I mean, if Brent Venables would have went in there, he'd have probably a little bit better success than Dan Lanning did because I, I, I do think a little bit higher of Venables as a defensive coordinator than I do Lanning. Uh, Lanning's probably a little more modern to today. And Venables, Venables has got some grit to him. He's been around a while. He knows. he's He's seen the best of Alabama. He knows what, <laughs> there's nothing that he hasn't seen.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As we wrap up the show, there's two uh, last questions. Uh, we'll get to the uh, NIL and Dion Sanders primetime in Boulder. Um, what's your thoughts on the NIL? Um, I've kind of outspoken it, kind of upset some people, but you kind of, to me, So kind of see where i'm coming from don't ask me what show it was i can't remember but i pretty much came out and said that you know it's cool you know if they want to make money that's fine but my the issue i have with it is that they've already got well theoretically they got a free ride scholarship now whether or not they go their whole four years that's on them but you know you got your books you got your room and board, you got, you know, everything already paid education that cost, costs an arm and a leg as it is anyway. And uh, obviously you won't have debt and all this taking student loans out, so on and so forth. You know, practically you got everything already paid for anyway. And then of course you got the, you know, so on, so these people will this, that, and something else. The university is using them to get, to benefit them anyway, and they should get some parts of it, the benefit comes back to them and so on and so forth. Okay, fair enough. <sighs> the NIL and the transfer portal it has, in my opinion, starting to I don't like the transfer portal. <laughs> I'm not I don't like I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Um I just I'm still I'm still on the fence with the NIL. I just <sighs> I don't know I I think it was the first step to the transfer portal which leads to could it necessarily ruin college football I guess depends on how you look at it it could but um, what's your thoughts on the NIL and the transfer portal and then we'll get to primetime as we end up the wrap up the show
1: yeah um, well I'm about to put you on board with both of them with how you fix it Sweet. Uh, so Transfer Portal, NIO, great things, horrible things at the same time. Um, it's great for players like Quinn Ewers, who are at Ohio State, probably made the wrong decision coming out of high school, not going to see the field for three years, and you want to go somewhere where you're going to get seen, get taped, get put something on tape to try to get to the league. And it's terrible for players like Jermaine Burton, who – win a championship, and say, okay, I can get utilized better at this team, even though I'm already a starter at this team. I'll go transfer here and try to do something I can't do here. Right. Uh, and it's also great for G5 kids who didn't have enough exposure coming out of high school who were just downright studs and dominate at the G5 level. And then, you know, there's tape put on them, and they get moved up to the Penn States and the – Georgia's, the Ohio State's. They come up from the Toledo's, and it's great for them. And it's also great for the guys who are, you know, on the back burners of these top teams to go down to G5s just to be able to play. Now, how do you fix the craziness of it? Well, you take an for what it is, and you adjust it a little bit. And instead of – name, you let players do what they want with name image and likeness but revenue sharing and with these huge conference media rights deals, you could pay every single one of these players $20,000 a year. That's plenty enough for these 18-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're already getting to go to school for free, like you said. And even even the walk-ons would get this. They're on the roster. Everybody on the roster, $20,000 a year. On a 85-man roster, that is... $1.7 million a year. Well, each one of these schools is getting over $100 billion. So uh, $1.7 million is not going to hurt anybody's pockets. Oh, no. So, and now, to use that to combat the transfer portal, you tier it. So you say, freshman year, you make 15000 You stay with us your sophomore year, you make 20000 You stay with us your junior year you make 30000 You stay with us your senior year, you make 40000 And you tier it, and every year that you stay, you make more money. You hit that portal, you restart back at Tier 1 at whatever school you go to. And the only way you could govern that would be the conferences would have to do it because the NCAA can't do it. They would be going back on everything they've already done. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: NCAA needs to just go ahead and step out of the way because they're essentially useless at this point. Absolutely. Uh, And just let conferences govern it. And if conferences govern it, regulate it, make everybody pay the same, you won't have issues like Tennessee's defense giving up on their offense and losing or giving up 63 to Spencer Rattler. (laughs) You're not going to convince me that there's a competent college football team in the country giving up 63 to that kid.
0: (laughs) You ought to know. You're an Oklahoma fan. You watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm sure you were Spencer. in
1: the crowds booing his ass off the field, too.
0: Yep, I was there at the West Virginia game <laughs> when uh, they were yelling, we want Caleb. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, that was ugly. Good old Spencer. And last but not least, I think the uh, most entertaining news so far during, well, Colorado's offseason. I want to say the offseason, per se of college football, but uh, prime time in Boulder, uh, of course, Dion leaves Jackson State from the SWAC and goes to the uh, Colorado Buffaloes in the Pac-12 as their new head coach. And of course, brought his son with him and a few other players from Jackson State and he's, transfer pros treated him well and and so on and so forth. All right. Your thoughts, uh, what's your uh, kind of, not really prediction, but what do you see Dion doing in Colorado? And uh, can he revive this dead Buffalo in their football program?
1: Oh, well, I'm going to do something I did last year. I called out Tennessee. I said Tennessee was going to go either 11-1 and one or 10-2. Now, granted, I, I thought they'd beat Alabama and go 11-1. and one. I didn't see South Carolina coming. I don't think anybody in the world saw South Carolina coming, but I I liked them to beat Alabama as soon as they lost to Alabama last year. Uh, and like I said, I'm not a Tennessee fan. There's nothing I want to see more than them go winless in the SEC again, but just got to call it like you see it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Alabama struggles on the road. They had Tennessee at Tennessee. There was no shot. That game wasn't going to be at 7 o'clock. And it it was going to be an insane environment. So, I liked Alabama there. For Colorado, give Dion. Don't count this year against him, just like Brent Venables. Because he's going to do what he can, and this roster is going to be 10 times better than what it was. But what it was was worse than a dumpster fire. So... I don't know how long. I want to say three years. You give him three years and he'll be in a Pac-12 championship game. There, he's just going to get that much talent there just because of who he is. It, he doesn't even have to be that good of an actual recruiter. People are going to come to Colorado. There, there's going to be people take visits to Colorado just to meet Deion Sanders and mm-hmm. just Deion being who he is is going to land him. And that that's all there is to it. I mean, he's going to get He's going to get some guys they got no business getting, and they're going to win some games because of it.
0: I like Dion. I ain't going to lie, I wasn't a huge fan of his <laughs> growing up watching him. I just wasn't. a uh, Great human being, though, from what I, well, from what we see on camera. I don't know, obviously, behind closed doors, and that's not my business. So to each its own. But uh, you look at the schedule next year, I really ugh, I feel bad for him. Of course, uh, the road games are tough. Uh, TCU on the road, Arizona State.
1: Yeah, opening with yeah. TCU, that's brutal.
0: Yeah, hey, that's
1: brutal. It, <laughs>
0: Regardless, against a national semifinal or a national runner-up or a national champion, doesn't matter. That's going to be a tough one to open up against in that environment. Arizona State. A few weeks later on the road, then the yeah, that's stretch in going to be and, nothing uh, to scoff
1: at either. Arizona State. Towards, Arizona State oh, dude, came 24. on on their own at the end. Uh, they got a decent quarterback in there.
0: And on the road, what Oregon, UCLA, Utah, and Washington State. Um, that's that's going to be tough. I, I can see some wins and I don't think they'll be as bad as they were this year. Uh, I, I see some wins in then Nebraska's, you know, you don't know because Nebraska trying to figure out their identity at this point. Um, Colorado States, you know, winnable, but I see some wins. It's going to be a tough stretch. You know, I say, well, they win one game this year. I say if he does four, I think that's an improvement. I mean, obviously it's better than one. I think four, I think I could see him four or five, five, probably be really pushing it. But I'm with you. I think – and I'm going to go out and say this. I think in 24 – hours, I don't know the schedule nor 25. It's too early for that still. 24 and 25, I expect to see Colorado playing – I think 24, you, you really start to see a, a lot more improvement than you did in 23 and obviously a whole lot more than you did in 22. I think 25 uh, – I'm with you on that one. I think 2025 is when really – Colorado, we should be seeing them play for a Pac-12 championship, and I can't speak for national championships because I mean that program's so dead. You got to literally you're rebuilding a program from literally who's your custodian to your very top. I mean, just
1: being in the Pac-12, you're already on the outside looking in. They've only been in the playoffs twice Mm -hmm. total, so whether it doesn't matter how good he is, they're already on the outside looking in only getting there twice as a conference.
0: It's going to be tough. I mean, I, I think Dion will do it. Give him some time. I say 2025. I think you can probably talk Pac-12 championship appearances. 26, 27, Depends on how everything goes, and who knows, he may not even be there by then. I don't know.
1: That's what I was just um, about to say. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying he's still there by then, because if he, if he does something crazy in these first two years, there's no guarantees he's not at Auburn or somewhere where just craziness has been going on for a while. Now I think Hugh Freeze will do pretty good at Auburn. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, he's got no choice but but to do pretty good at Auburn. Uh, he definitely can't have anything going on extracurricular.
0: Yeah, he's got to he's got to redeem himself really. He did find a liberty, but for the most part. Yeah, he was yeah, he he, he did decent, but yeah, I'm with you he's going to have to uh he's going to be on iWatch literally um from the very beginning because
1: I believe part of his contract was they had he, the university had to have access to all of his social media accounts and control over. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Mississippi hey, minded never... to
1: think about that for Lane Kiffin, but <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he posts <some> crazy <laughs> stuff sometimes.
0: <laughs> Lane Kiffin, I I think I follow him. If I don't, I just watch. I think I do follow him. Um, I just like reading his tweets. His tweets. Are just so random, but his some tweets, of them are just... his
1: tweets are about like a Mike Leach press conference. <laughs> uh, they're, they're about one and the same. <laughs> and on the one hand, oh, you Mike got Leach. you got reporters getting called out for false, uh, mm-hmm. false coaching hirings, and on the other, you got a head coach saying his players he's worried about the future of. Boys in Mississippi having T Rex arms because <laughs> they're not utilizing their hands and <laughs> you you just never know what you're gonna get.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and you never know. Um you know, Lane Kip <laughs> Lane. Um well, oh Dion, that's what I was going with. You never know. Florida State may do keep going well and Oh, I can't think of his name now who's down there. Mike Norvell. Um, thank you, yes. I, I don't, done this I don't think
1: they're going to get rid of Mike Norvell. I think Dion would be the only person they would get rid of anybody for. But Norvell's been doing great things there these last two years. They finally look like a program revived, and they got some key transfer uh, incoming players. And... Their, their receiver, Johnny Wilson, is a stud. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. He's just
1: huge. He's hard to get down. He's hard to cover. He's fast. And Jordan Travis is, I mean, from the, from the day he stepped foot on the field against Alabama starting first game freshman year and just took shot after shot after shot and just kept getting back up and slinging the rock, standing in there taking hits, throwing the ball. I've had a lot of respect for him ever since then, and he's he's gotten a lot better. And they're playing really good football, and they're going to be a they're going to be a scary team next year in the ACC.
0: Don't be surprised if they're not winning it all next year.
1: I wouldn't be. I thought. I mean, they had a chance to this year.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. That's all. First episode, twenty twenty-three. They were good and wonderful, Joe Pat. Um, listen to, listen to his podcast, Joe Pat on the bets. Hope oh, that's right. I didn't even look at my phone. Yep, Joe um, Pat on the bets. <laughs> Joe Pat on the bets. Uh, if you're interested in, you know, if you gamble, or if you're interested, hey, yeah, you follow him, and I'm sure he'll answer any question you have on it. Please don't come to me. I'm going to make you broke as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> there is no guarantee that anything will happen on that end. But no, give uh, Joe Pat on the Bets uh, a listen on all their major podcast platforms. And, of course, a follow on Twitter. I'll let you handle that one. Where can they find you on Twitter and all that good stuff again?
1: Yeah, Twitter, same as same as the show name, Joe Pat on the Bets. I don't know got a patreon Joe Pat on the bets working on adding our uh, discord channel to the patreon where we just give out bets for everything not just college football multiple uh, <laughs> multiple models over here with all kinds of data science and word soup that makes no sense to the common person but it's uh, when it's deciphered and put into a group chat then a lot of people can make money but so that's always fun. we've got uh, our sponsor pet nurture plus get all your dog cat needs there uh find us on twitter joe Pat on the bets apple podcast spotify stitcher Podbean, all of them joe Pat on the bets everywhere but twitter or i'm sorry youtube all over twitter
0: <laughs> <laughs> youtube guys not on youtube yet keep on going with twitter follow them uh but no it's an honor of course uh having you on definitely a lot of fun picking you had college football and just talking college football as we wrap up what was a what seemed to be a very quick college football season in my opinion, but
1: they get faster was, every year. They get more games, man. but they get faster. It don't make any sense.
0: Exactly. No, it don't make sense. But no, nonetheless, I appreciate you have um, coming on, taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, talking some college football tonight.
1: No problem. Anytime we uh be happy to come on again anytime <laughs>
0: Hey, absolutely! I'll keep that in mind. Because trust me, you'll be on here multiple times, uh, <laughs> even during the off season. But that's all we have for the first episode of 2023. Find us on uh, find the show on face uh, find the show on. Don't find the show on Facebook. We got banned. Find the show on <laughs> <laughs> a True Story. Don't say Merry Christmas. Find the store um, podcast on Twitter at Air Raid Podcast. I changed it during uh, during this transition from 22 to 23. At Air Raid Podcast, my personal one on air with Mike M I K E, uh, all major podcast platforms. And a reminder, uh, check out Manscaped to uh, use the code Belly Up Fantasy twenty percent off on your order, as we are partnered up with the uh, Belly Up Podcast Network. Uh, <laughs> Joe, true story. Don't don't say Merry Christmas on uh, on Facebook. That's, that's so
1: crazy. Know. I need to get me a Manscaped code. Do it, dude they're a great company
0: 100% they are I may still get one just from my personal like <laughs> hey use a code air raid no I don't know if I can do that I don't know probably not if I'm no I probably shouldn't I don't know we'll figure that out <laughs> but yeah definitely don't say, definitely don't say uh, don't say Merry Christmas though for real
1: hey, that's that's insane. on Facebook
0: anyway on Facebook that's wild yeah oh well Good stuff. All right, Joe. Have yourself a wonderful uh, rest of your week and enjoy the uh, national title game and and, uh, wish your dogs all the best. Thanks,
1: man. You too. See you next time.
0: Take care. You've been listening to the Air Attack Podcast. We will be back next week. Same time, same place. New episodes released every Thursday. So make sure you set your notifications ready. Have a good one.